Playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced Weird stuff has happened in the past and here I am to tell you about it I guess, yeah, I will, yeah Absurd Real History Hello and welcome to Absurd Real History I am Sir Sinead and I'm very excited to be here with the wonderful improviser Luke Benson Hey! <laughs> So, Luke, you have no idea what we're going to be talking about today, do you? Not at all. No, I'm coming in blind. Um, so tell me, have you ever used a vacuum cleaner before? I, I have used a vacuum cleaner before. I, uh, oh. I have a brand new vacuum cleaner. I upgraded my vacuum cleaner recently, and I highly recommend anybody who's had uh, like any thoughts of murdering your own hoover to just ju- dive in and buy your own like proper and it cost me about 250 quid but a proper plug-in hoover it's incredible because i have one of those cheapy handheld yokes oh my god it doesn't do the job it, it does doesn't not do the this job. thing would suck <laughs> the hair off your own skin like it's amazing so uh yeah i i have you yeah. hoover Great, a Hoover. Now, is it a Hoover or a vacuum cleaner? Because you know Hoover is the brand. I'm definitely va- using, yeah, the uh, the catch-all. It is just mm. a, I think it's a Russell Hobbs. <laughs> well, maybe get some sponsorship from them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about the Hoover fiasco of the early 90s. Don't know if that rings any bells to you. I, you know what? <laughs> I was around in the early 90s, but I was very young. So, and I'm assuming this was huge news. So, yeah, huge news. Um, it, it's down in history as one of the worst promotional deals that a company has ever done and almost ruined the Hoover brand. And they're still, su- still suffering the effects. Um, wow. It's so, it was such a comically terrible idea. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Sounds great. I mean, you said this was a history podcast and I, because I do like a, a history podcast and I know nothing really about history. So I'm delighted it's something that's like recent enough that I would be, yes, that I can visualize and like I have experience in. Yeah. That's great. So, so just um, a bit of quick backstory on uh, Hoover is in uh, 1908, a department store janitor named James Murray Spangler had really bad dust allergies. So instead of complaining about it, he took a rather proactive uh, approach and mounted a motorized fan motor on a carpet sweeper and filed a patent for the world's first household vacuum cleaner to deal with his dust allergies. What, what was his name? James Murray Spangler. Yes, that's a fucking strong name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but then Spangler. he sold Spangler. He sold the patent to his cousin's husband, William Hoover, who then launched the Hoover Company in Ohio in 1912 and became the Hoover success that we know today. So if, if <laughs> is his name James or what was it? James Murray Spangler. James Murray, sorry. So James, if James had decided, you know what? I've got enough business gumption. I'm going to do this myself. The, the word that we might all use to describe um, vacuum cleaners might be a spangler. Yeah. I'm going exactly. to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to spangle the hall. <laughs> hey man, did you spangle the house before you left? <laughs> That's, I mean, what a missed opportunity. Let's make it a thing. Let's make it a thing. Yeah, we you should. Get spangler. Yeah. 
that's that's insane oh yeah oh what i just have a, missed <laughs> i just have a list as well it's not really related but i thought that they were so funny i was just reading them to myself laughing of all of the hoover slogans throughout the years so oh, we have yeah. how however clean hoover cleaner from 1912 <laughs> okay yeah just run the hoover over 1918 just... a hoover at home is as clean as it looks 1918 another one in 1918 they couldn't make up their mind don't compromise with dirt have a hoover one of my favorites it beats as it sweeps as it cleans from 1990 there's loads i'm not going to read all can of I, them hold on. so <laughs> can i ask about the don't compromise with dirt yeah that one from 1918 was like were people <laughs> negotiating with dirt was that like hoover's stance well hygiene wasn't as good maybe it's like well i guess you know it's okay to have a little bit of a dirty home maybe and yeah hoover's like don't don't compromise you know you you're it's your house use the hoover i like the way um, like so hoover were kind of like you never negotiate with dirt we don't yeah it's and like they also, the u.s um approach to terrorism yeah what i find funny is that it's constantly changing um one of my favorite ones where is it yeah from 1988 Hoover invented it, which we just talked about. No, we didn't. James Murray Spangler did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're constantly changing. You know, you even have your uh, slightly sexist ones from the 30s. Give her a Hoover and you give her the best. Ooh, okay. Um, but then on uh, in 2013, they just decided, I love my Hoover and just haven't changed it since. From 2013? <laughs> yeah. They're I just like, you know Hoover. what? It's back. Just love my Hoover. I mean, that's basic enough but once you've got a name like there aren't too many like hoover is a brand that is the catch-all term for the the category it's in like there aren't too many products that reach that level like kleenex obviously for tissues like like what else is there so you think they'd be able to leverage that a bit more (laughs) well the thing is in the in the 1950s uh, they're trying to get away, and the late 1950s, they're trying to get away from Hoover's because they make loads of other products. So they're we're the same company that makes the vacuum cleaners. So oh. we also do other... That was their slogan, which is... Wow. What other stuff do <laughs> um, they do? Like... They I do, like, washing machines and, like, do, stuff yeah. like that. Your white um, goods. That's what they call those. The kind of... The washing machine, the fridge, all those. Yeah, yeah. And I think they do, like... um yeah, washing machine. I already said washing machine. Yeah, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, like, appliances. Electronics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so between, so we're fast forwarding a bit from the 1912. Um, so between 1987 and 1992, Hoover's profits fell from 147 million to 74 million. So it's almost, that's wow. about half. Um, and the warehouses were beginning to pile up with all this excess merchandise. Mm. Um, so the 50% market share in England was dwindling. So even though it was a US-based company, they actually made a lot of their money in the UK and Europe. Be- um, just because in- the what the UK were just, they bought into the brand or they're more conscientious about dirt? I think it's just buying into the, the brand. You know, it's only in the UK and Ireland that we call Hoover's, Hoover's in like vacuum that's cleaners. In, Amer- in America, it's vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. They were dealing with, kind of the recession of the early 90s and in the early months of 91 the uk branch of hoover was approached by a tiny now defunct for reasons we'll get into travel agency jsi travel like hoover they were also suffering from you know the recession and were looking to offload cheap flights the way hoover were 
So in 1992, the UK branch of Hoover announced its free flight promotion. So this was intended to help sell out a backlog of old products as well as boost sales during the recession in the 90s. So it was a simple promotion, spend £100 or more on a Hoover product and get two round trip plane tickets to a European destination. Rice. Oh my God. What a bizarre pairing. Yeah, so it's like you buy a buy a Hoover and a hundred pounds on a Hoover product, and give you two tickets to go to like France or Budapest or somewhere. Buy a product here. Buy this product to clean your house, then leave your home. Like yeah, a random <laughs> to random pairing of things. Yeah, well, it you know it worked on paper. It was like win win. They would sell all their excess inventory and boost sales, and JSI would sell flights in bulk, and Hoover would handle the bookings. Um, and they had people do the maths and everything that, you know, if everyone bought a Hoover, applied for the trip, it, you know, they, it wouldn't really work. But they were, so there was loads of fine print, like you had to do it within 14 days. Um, there was only certain dates that you could choose. There were certain airports, you know, um, basically, you know, if you're buying from one of those deal sites, there's loads of like small print. Um, so, but despite all that, it was a huge um, success. They made lots of, um, it actually worked, you know. Yeah. Um, but then Hoover got greedy. They were making bank and they got greedy and they decided to launch a second promotion that was the exact same, only this time it included flights to America. So under the same promotion, that same £100 Hoover product could get a UK-based customer two free round trips to New York or Orlando, which was worth at least £600 back then. So right. just, just pretty quickly. Yeah, so hold on. <laughs> so terrible I'm idea. still unsure how this benefited both of them because I don't know, maybe I just don't know business that well, but it seems like they're just giving away free flights with a Hoover, right? So where are JSI getting the money out of this? Well, they Hoover just, is paying they're just, they're just paying their half and half, is it? Yeah, well they're paying JSI at a discount and obviously it boosts you know, it's any marketing is good marketing. So obviously their names out there. Or, um, they had all these empty seats on flights because no one was flying in the 90s. Oh, I yeah. Okay, it, fair enough. No, well, thank you for like, I'm, uh, <laughs> I needed the business acumen explanation as well. See, I'm not great at business. So I, you know, I don't know. So this was kind of hard for me to research, especially when you get like parent companies and the Hoover Trading Company and Hoover UK that like merge together. It's all... It's yeah. all a bit of yeah. It's, it's a but... quagmire. So they decided, you know what? This has worked so well in Europe. We're going to lash far more expensive flights onto this bad boy. Because more people will buy Hoovers and it'd be great. Sure. Um, so just to put it in perspective, that's I worked out the maths of today's equivalent. So that would be roughly you spending 206 euro on a Hoover and getting two tickets to go to America. Now, the average price of two return tickets to Orlando was close to a grand. Right. So, I mean, um, I'd, just be buying, I'd just be buying Hoovers. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> there you go. Like, I would be, I'd be buying shit tons of Hoovers and then just taking all these flights, and then I can sell the Hoover for like 50 quid. Well, they only, getting... one, they only had one. They only had one per customer. That was one of the fine print. But still, I mean, I'd buy one for like... every one of my my family, though. Like, I would... that's a discount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Shockingly, this led to the, you know, at least the destruction of the UK branch and almost Hoover as a whole. Wow. Um. So when Hoover ran this plan before <laughs> they went through with it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just can you imagine 
Can you imagine the guy who was sat in, like, if there was somebody, whoever was in there, right, and made this decision, right, and they sit there and they're like, hey, this has worked so well up until now. How about we do America? And they're like, yeah, that is an excellent idea, Carol. Let's do America. Thank you, Greg. And then they put it forward, and it nearly folded the brands. Like, imagine that Monday. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, they were told not to do it. So when Hoover ran this plan by risk management professionals, the company was warned it would be an absolute disaster. Um, So I have here a quote from uh, Mark Kimber, who was one of the consultants. Give it to them, Kimber. To me, it made no logical sense. Having looked at the details of the promotion and attempting to calculate how it would actually work, I declined to even offer risk management coverage. <laughs> I mean, it's so basic. I know nothing about business, but it seems like yeah. <laughs> this is lighting a fuse under your business. Yeah, no, it's like knowing nothing about business. It's like, I don't know why they thought it would make sense. It goes to show sometimes how these business people, they're so disconnected from reality. Right. So Hoover chose to ignore this advice and decided to proceed. And they decided to proceed because they made two assumptions. Mm. Um, One, that only a fraction of purchasers would actually, you know, go through all the necessary stuff to get the flights. Mm. And two, customers would spend more than the minimum of 100 pounds, offsetting the costs. Wow. Hoover, Hoover, Hoover. You underestimated how greedy people can be. But it's also like, I mean, if you could get two free round, like two tickets returned to New York or Orlando with someone for 220 euro of today's money, you'd do it. Like, you're like saving like 800 quid. What are you talking about? For that, like, what is it? I think it's about that for two tickets to Galway and back on the train. Like, it's... It's an absolute bargain. And of course... It's not, I, it's not I, 220 euro to go to Galway. Mm, uh, no, probably not. But I think some, <laughs> some trains are like 80 quid. Like I spent about yeah. 80 or 90 quid to get back from Limerick once. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you 220 quid to get over to Orlando. Yeah, I definitely do yeah, that. Yeah, they're thinking, they're thinking people wouldn't bother calling in or sending in all the stuff. No, but, we love free shit. Yeah, like, and exactly. also, ha- we really love sticking it to big companies that have messed up. Yeah. Someone find uh, these loopholes. So initially, things were going to according, according to plan. Department stores all over the UK beca- became, and this is a quote from a 1992 article from The Guardian, an uncivilized scene. Thousands of people were like clamoring to buy the cheapest Hoover product they could find. So everyone was buying this one vacuum cleaner that was uh, 120 pounds. They're like all the shops were out of stock at this because they were like, okay, this is the cheapest thing. Um, uh, Hoover had to put up its factories on seven day overtime shifts to keep up with the demand of making these Hoovers. And um, you had people buying Hoovers that didn't need them and an influx of Hoovers in secondhand stores for many years to come, which meant it was also affecting future sales. Because if you have all these yeah. excess um, Hoover products for years to come, they're going to be in secondhand stores. People yeah. are going to be giving them away for free. It's estimated that more than 200,000 people bought Hoovers they didn't want. Oh Not my even God. Need, so you're didn't flooding want. your Marcus, right? So you're also <laughs> undercutting your brand. Like, if how, how ridiculous is this? There's no prestige to a, a product that is widely available in every charity shop. Yeah. And the free ads 
paper uh, reported 30% increase in electrical items in its pages. So you had people buying these Hoovers to get the flights and then giving them away. I mean, this and no one wanted them because everyone bought the Hoovers. How was this not foreseen? I mean, obviously the risk assessment guys were like, no, no, this is how it's going to end up. The fact that Hoover plowed ahead, I almost, initially when you said this, that it nearly folded them, I was kind of like, oh, poor guys, you know, poor Hoover. So stupid. But they deserve everything they got out of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just have a, a couple of just a couple of quotes from the Observer newspaper from articles of the time. Yeah. The world has gone mad and it's all the fault of Hoover. So <laughs> <laughs> did Hoover become uh, these, this kind of like... Um, like a villain in the press, like we're, we're, we're or a, like a, a whipping boy, like were people in the press um, sort of slagging Hoover and, and holding them up for how ridiculous this was? Well, see, we'll, we'll get to it, but um, hmm. they realized they couldn't give all these people these flights. Sorry, okay, so, I don't want to skip ahead, you, I don't want to skip no, ahead. No, no, just, no, no skipping, no skipping, uh, it's fine, it's fine. Um, in other words, if left uncontrolled, Britain could soon be knee deep in Hoover Turbo Master uprights. Turbo Master <laughs> was that the name of yeah. the model? I I don't like fully understand that quote, but I just really like the how it sounds. Yeah. If left un if left uncontrolled, Britain could soon be knee deep in Hoover Turbo Master uprights. <laughs> it sounds like there's some sort of invasion, like a Doctor Who episode where they have a bunch of Daleks running around the place. Like that's what they're worried about. That's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> As more and more customers tried to claim their free flights, Hoover realized, um, to quote Arrested Development, they made a huge mistake. Hey. So you had all these people buying these flights and they're like, okay, the maths isn't working out. No. Um, Greg, so, Carol, get in here. Let's look at the maths. Look at the maths. So on this, so the so it was 119 pounds vacuum cleaner. So that was the main product people were buying. So every time someone bought that, yeah. Hoover made a profit of 30 pounds. The right. two free flights that came with it were worth at least 600 pounds. So that meant that every customer that followed through with the promotion cost Hoover 570 pounds. But was that not always going to be the case? Like, are they were making, they were trying to get rid of inventory. So they were selling these at a loss. Is that? Well, they thought, they thought people would not just be buying the hundred pound Hoover. They thought they would be buying their more expensive products. Okay. And you know, like like a six hundred pound refrigerator or something. Sure. Or they thought that people would um they thought that people wouldn't go through with it because the fine print was so annoying. Um you know well wow. they needed uh, to make the red tape like yeah thicker. um so the company generated 30 million pounds in gross sales from the promotion uh, and the cost of the flights was estimated to be more than a hundred million pounds. So good news, bad news. Everybody in, guys. <laughs> Sales teams. Uh, yeah. Good news. We we've sold thirty million worth of merchandise. But we have to pay a hundred million. Bad news. It's cost us a hundred million. Yeah. But we're so... seventy million. The reds. <laughs> yeah. So Hoover began to do everything to make sure no one got these flights. They're like, we can't do this. It's going to bankrupt the company. Interesting. Um, so so what, what did they start to do? They claimed thousands of customers had failed to correctly fill out the forms. Okay. It wrote, they wrote, it wrote back offering flights that departed from airports that were hundreds of miles away from where the customers actually lived. 
Um, it sent out request forms on Christmas Eve, hoping that mail closures would cause people to miss the 14-day deadline to send them back. Uh, customers who had done everything correctly were told lies that their letters had gotten lost and stuff like that. Um, so obviously this fueled outrage and one such customer, Harry, I want to say Sihi, um, C-I-C-H-Y, pronounced, I looked at the pronunciation before this and I've already forgotten. <laughs> Maybe uh, Chi-Chi? So I feel bad. Sihi. Um, so he formed a Hoover holiday pressure group, which was just a coalition to get everyone together to hold Hoover accountable for what they'd promised. They had over 8,000 members from all, like all over British society. Um, he's quoted as saying, we don't want blood. We want tickets. (laughs) So people are so mad about this. They're forming pressure groups. That's so there were in a way, um, Hoover, really did a lot to bring the like the UK community together do you know yeah yeah I mean he's quoted as saying you had um people from all different types of social classes and like everyday people calling up to join and it it did it brought people together through anger through anger (laughs) through um just one of their flights yeah they just wanted to get to Disneyland god damn it yeah it's so funny um Speaking of Disneyland, one guy, Dave Dixon, um, he wanted to get the tickets so he could go to Disneyland, Florida with his wife and kid. Of course. Um, he, he took matters a bit more extreme. So he was trying oh, to no, get Dave. his... Come on. Not that, but uh, more comical than... than, than okay. They, they didn't <laughs> but, murder a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. So he bought a washing machine and tried with from Hoover and tried to get the free flights promotion and it was just not working. And then to kind of add salt to injury, the washing machine broke down. Oh. And the when the Hoover engineer came to fix it, apparently, according to Dixon, the Hoover engineer said to him, if you think buying a washing machine is going to get you two tickets to America, you must be an idiot. And then Dixon, he's, um, you know, quoting, he was like, huh? That was like a red flag to a bull. I thought to myself, an idiot, am I? There comes a time when you've got to make a stand, when you've got to say enough is enough. Um, I said, I'm not as stupid as you are. I'm not going to have to walk home. And then he blocked the van with his lorry and held the Hoover delivery van hostage for 14 days in his driveway in Workington until the high court intervened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he held the delivery van hostage. I'll show you I'm not an idiot. And then does something quite idiotic. <laughs> I mean, I this seems that. like people are so angry, though. Like, would you not be super angry with this? Yeah, everyone was really angry. Of because, course. You know, I guess people who didn't need a Hoover, they're like, well, I've spent £120 just to get these flights. And now you're telling me I can't get my flights. That's the only reason I bought this drafted Spangler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why? I don't need a Hoover. I don't need another vacuum cleaner. And if they're breaking down within a couple of weeks, they obviously weren't the best of, of products. But this was the washing machine that broke down. Yeah, sure. so he was so mad because he's like, not only did I get my flights, but my washing machine broke down. Yeah. And now the guy fixing it is telling me that I'm an idiot. I mean, so... you know, sort out your uh, your staff as well, Hoover, sending people out to slag your customer base. It's already annoyed enough. Don't piss them off. Yeah. Um, so naturally... The U.S. Hoover Company were, were not very happy with what was going on. All right, so this is a, a quote from the uh, from Jared Aman, who was Hoover's U.S. president at the time. He told share- shareholders, our production losses forecast for the coming years run into millions of U.S. dollars and 80% of the total is attributable to Hoover Europe. Wow. Okay. 
So they're going to cut yeah. these guys loose. I mean, if that's or or maybe they're not. But like, if I was if I was a, a big company and I had a small division that was costing us hundreds of million, you, you'd probably just cut them loose. Yeah. So eventually, you know, you had loads of people taking them to court, and eventually, Hoover's Europe's corporate parent, um, US-based Maytag, was ordered to pay the equivalent of seventy-two million dollars on flights for two hundred and twenty thousand customers, and even then. Over 300,000 customers never got their flights. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, that uh, that group, that kind of angry coalition. The Hoover Holiday Pressure Group. The Holiday Pressure Group. Holiday Hoover Holiday. Pressure. Um, that's, it's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Like it's supposed to be, holidays are supposed to be wonderful. <laughs> Pleasure-filled, yeah, chilled times, and then to like slap the pressure group on top of it is is kind of crazy. Um, people really wanted their holidays. I think you know, people really, really don't bops. like being scammed as well. They wanted their no. hollybops, but also, you know, you promised them something, and then you realize, oh, actually, we can't do this. It's, it was a terrible idea. Doesn't matter. I, you know, you got my hundred quid. I want my flights. It's, I'm angry about just, this and it's like 20 yeah. years later, 30 years later. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it was only in like the UK because I, I haven't talked to anyone who remember because I'm like, surely this would have been all over the newspapers. Um, but I guess maybe it's only those affected and it wasn't a promotion here. But I just like it's it's down in history. Like for ages, you couldn't mention it in like business meetings without like it's you know it's like saying like Beth at a theater or something like that really Don't say hoover yeah it's it's done as like a case study in a lot of business courses of like the worst promotion deal and like why you got to be careful and um so yeah uh, by 1995 hoover europe was so destroyed by the whole thing that it was sold off to their italian competitor candy for 106 million at a loss of 81 million right um, so this haunted them for many years. And in, you know, 97, which was like five years after the promotion, um, they were still going, they were still going to court every now and again to defend itself over the allegations from the notorious free flights fiasco. And yeah, that's it. That's all I have. That's the story. <laughs> it's an incredible one. And it's mad that I haven't heard it before. Um, I just, I guess if that happened now, we'd obviously probably know a lot more about the individuals involved in the decision. Like the CEO would probably have to be on social media explaining what had happened. Um, people would be fired and held up as accountable. I think that people be... were fired. A lot of people were fired. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> the whole UK Hoover branch was, was gone. Was um... shut. Yeah, I know. But I, I just, I just mean in terms of like, I think that's one of the good things about social media now is that we can hold these big companies to account. Um, and if you feel like you're slighted, you, you can sort of get on and, and mobilize um, with other people who feel like they've been slighted on social media for better or for worse. I mean, it, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, there's cancel culture and there there's a huge amount of anger out there. So if the Twitter machine jumps on somebody um, because you know, maybe they, do, they don't deserve it. But I think if something like this, I'd be pretty pissed off. I just don't know why they thought it would ever be a good idea. 
I've said it many times on this that I don't have any business acumen really. Um, but I mean, it just seemed like a terrible idea from the uh, yeah. off. And the people working in the travel agency that had to deal with all the, I feel most sorry for them because they're just normal people and they had to deal with all the calls of being like, give me my free flights. And they're like, I don't know, I'm making minimum wages. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, obviously that's, that's who people get way. angry at. Yeah. yeah, the, the, yeah. the call centers are the ones that have to, and they're, they're paid such terrible wages, but they have to be the front facing, um, like smiley face of the, of the company. Yeah. Um, so thank you for coming on and being one of our first guests. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you want to plug, plug away. Oh, well, thank you, first of all, for uh, bringing me on. And um, I think it's a really excellent idea because I certainly had no idea about this. And I enjoy podcasts that delve into um delve into the unknown stories like you said and uh and bring it to light and and maybe um look at it from a modern perspective and think like how did people think that this would work so um yeah thank you so much for that uh as for plugs uh i did say beforehand that i don't have anything to plug but that's not true at all i have a a podcast and it is a it's an improvised history podcast which is somewhat similar to what you're doing here and that like, you know, there's historical relevance to what you're doing, but ours has no fact and no accuracy. We're not. But it's uh, very funny. <laughs> it is funny. It's supposed to be funny. Well, thank you for saying it was funny. Um, it is supposed to be uh, a little bit of a, um, I don't know, just a fun look at history. It's called Look What's After Happening. It's myself and Mark Canton. And um, I think we've done like 10 or 12 episodes now and we've got some great guests on us. And um, yeah. Check it out if you enjoy a little bit of escapism, a little bit of, um, I suppose, like just a little bit of nonsense and silliness, which is kind of important in the times we are in. Great. And I've been, I've been Saoirse Sinead. You can find me at Saoirse Ball on Twitter, uh, Screen Farland, if you want to like all that stuff. And this is a new podcast, so if you enjoyed it, do tell people so I can keep doing it and maybe, I don't know make some of my money back who knows hopefully oh there's uh, big money in podcasts don't big worry money, big, big money big money be rolling in the box next next time you're a guest i'll be wearing my mink coat um, yes thanks bye. so much for having me Sergio.